and welcome to another episode of Kraken Cryptids and Curios. This is Matt once again, joined by Angel. Now, Angel, <clears throat> as we contort our spines, unhinge our jaws, and scuttle closer to Halloween, I wanted to take a moment to highlight one of your favorite things to do this time of year. Cuddle up on the couch, get some popcorn, and watch movies. Growing up, a big part of our lives were Sci-Fi Channel, Scary Movie Weekends, and AMC's Monster Fest. Just a bunch of typically horrendous scary movies played over and over and over again ad nauseum. So I wanted to take a moment over the next couple of episodes to make the definitive statement. What is the king of the monster movies? according to Angel. So I have designed a tournament in which you will designate the winner of each round until ultimately we have our king of the monster movies. We have a total of 16 movies that I have seeded into two brackets. And we'll go through the first round this week. Are you ready? Would you take yes for an answer? (laughs) It's the only answer. (laughs) Bracket number one includes... Our number one seeded movie, Gremlins, versus the number eight seeded movie, Critters. As we're going through them, we can sort of discuss the merits of the movies, but let's try not to have any heavy spoilers for these in case, you know, the one that you choose, people really want to see, so we don't want to spoil that movie for anybody. So, some background. I'll give you a moment to think. Gremlins, 1984. A young man inadvertently breaks three important rules concerning his new pet and unleashes a horde of malevolently mischievous monsters on a small town. Versus Critters, from 1986, a group of small but vicious alien creatures called Krites escape from an alien prison transport vessel and land near a small farm on Earth, pursued by two shape-shifting bounty hunters. <laughs> So, which one advances, gremlins or critters? Number one versus number eight in the seed. In the seed, Angel. So, you know, I've seen critters, and I didn't know that was the plot at all. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Um... I don't know if it's because I would watch the movie on TV and always catch it, like, in the middle. Mm-hmm. Or you probably mo- missed that first, you know, initial explanation of what the hell the critters do on Earth. Or the VHS copy that we had were pirated copies, so that also <laughs> didn't include. <laughs> What's weird is I remember the bounty hunters in the fourth movie. I don't remember them in the, pre- <laughs> the previous, the previous ones. ones. So this is, just, we're just, we're just rating Critters 1. So try yeah. to remove yourself from the overall critterverse, as it's known. The the problem is that Gremlins is backed by uh, world famous Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Big money. Um, th- uh, written by Chris Columbus, who w- uh, later on did the Harry Potter movies. Wow, did not know that. Mm-hmm. And it's got it's a classic story, classic Christmas film, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yep. Boy meets girl, boy loves girl, gremlins get in the way, mm-hmm. and in the end, you know, everything resolves, or maybe not, I don't know. Critters, though, it's just your typical B-movie mm-hmm. monster fest, like, uh, things are gonna kill things, things are killing people. It's, f- it's fun to watch those, but mm-hmm. 
I'm I'm gonna have to side with the more story uh, emotional heavy Gremlins. Gremlins, the number one seed. It was there for a reason. <laughs> it was the best overall. Our next matchup, Feast, the movie Feast, number four seed, Feast, versus number five seed, Wishmaster. <laughs> so Feast versus Wishmaster. Feast coming out in 2005. The synopsis, patrons locked inside a bar are forced to fight monsters. Wishmaster, 1997. A demonic djinn attempts to grant the, its owner three wishes, which will allow him to summon his brethren to Earth. This one's easy, because I have not seen Feast, or if I have, Ooh. if I have, I've blocked it out of my memory. However, oh, no. great movie, great movie. However, based on your description, I'm just gonna imagine it's something like From Dusk Till Dawn, mm-hmm. and and knowing what the Wishmaster is. <laughs> Definitely gonna go with Wishmaster. You're going with Wishmaster? Overall great film, yes. Oh man. Feast, you got you have to see it has Henry Rollins. It has uh <laughs> Jason Muse. It has that guy that wears uh baseball caps all the time, say world champion, uh <coughs> Judah Freelander, it has that guy in it. And then just a bunch of monsters just wreaking havoc. So <laughs> you're gonna have to check it out. But do you have any fond memories of Wishmaster? Just don't make wishes. <laughs> no. They they never go well. I think the makeup of it is uh, the makeup of the, the creatures. Of the djinn. Of the djinn, yeah. Yep. Fun stuff. So we have two in the first round. We'll continue on here. Number three seed, Pumpkinhead. Versus number six seed, Hellraiser. Oh, man. Pumpkinhead versus Hellraiser. So Pumpkinhead... Hailing from 1988, after a tragic accident, a man conjures up a towering, vengeful demon called Pumpkinhead to destroy a group of unsuspecting teenagers, because of course he does. And in Hellraiser 1987, a woman discovers the newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escaped their sadistic underworld this is a toughie because they're both great films mm-hmm. hellraiser a classic scene where the uh guy is you know flayed of all of his skin and the uh, uh sister-in-law comes in and he says look at me no don't look at me <laughs> yes. oh man I'm going to go with Hellraiser because you can watch wow. it for free online. That's your reason? <laughs> My God. Pumpkinhead well, with uh, Lance Henriksen? I mean, Hellraiser's got the iconic pinhead. Yeah. And that's the only one you should ever watch, too. So, don't. none of the sequels. The Cenobites, pretty cool, but in later movies, you know, it goes off the, off the rails. <laughs> yep. Hellraiser going on to the next round. Final bracket for group number one. We have number two seed Alien versus number seven seed, possibly the dark horse of this tournament, Angel. It's got ya boy, House on Haunted Hill, 1959, featuring Vincent Price. (laughs) So we have Alien. 1979, after a space merchant vessel receives an unknown transmission as a distress call, one of the crew is attacked by a mysterious life form, and they soon realize that its life cycle has merely begun. 
versus House on Haunted Hill, 1959. A millionaire offers $10,000 to five people who agree to be locked in a large, spooky, rented house overnight with him and his wife. Alien is one of the highest rated films of all mm-hmm. time. I've mm-hmm. watched it uh, several times this year alone. Ridley Scott may be one of his best. Yeah. You know, strong female lead when when that wasn't a common thing. As, yep. Mm-hmm. Especially in sci-fi and horror. Yep. Just uh, a good use of how it uh, builds suspense. And it's just a great film overall. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, we've got Vincent Price. I can't go anywhere without <laughs> him having been a, a huge influence in my life. Uh-huh. I'm going to have to toss a coin. No, I'm not. It's going to have to be... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uh, the dark horse continues on, and and just think about it, though he's a millionaire offering ten thousand dollars. He's really skimping on that uh, on that prize money to be in this spooky house, isn't he? <laughs> yes. So now we'll move on to bracket number two, seed number one, Nightmare on Elm Street versus the eight seed, Evil Dead. So Nightmare on Elm Street versus Evil Dead. Nightmare on Elm Street from 1984. A monstrous spirit of a slain child murderer seeks revenge by invading the dreams of teenagers whose parents were responsible for his untimely death. With Evil Dead from 1981, five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh-possessing demons. Man, I probably will get a lot of hate for this. I know a lot of people are fans of Evil Dead, and mm-hmm. I've seen it when I was in middle school, yeah. but I'm pretty sure I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street when I was one years old. <laughs> My God. <laughs> you just popped that VHS in and, and went for a ride. Give me that Freddy. Mm-hmm. I want that four-clawed-fingered glove. Mm-hmm. Like you, you were just enamored by Johnny Depp being ripped into a bed and blood pouring out. I didn't even know his name then. <laughs> he had like a, like a crop top shirt on almost. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I remember it. I remember it well. Wes Craven versus Sam Raimi. You're going Wes Craven. That's right. Ooh. Okay. It was number one seed for a reason. Our next. Pairing number four seed, Friday the 13th, versus five seed, An American Werewolf in London. Friday the 13th, from 1980, a group of camp counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp, which was the site of a child's drowning and grisly double murder years before. Versus An American Werewolf in London, 1981. Two American college students on a walking tour of Britain are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. Again, these these are quite difficult. Friday the 13th is iconic. I've I've discussed this with you before. I'm a, I'm I'm team werewolf all the way. Uh yeah, I I threw this one in there because I knew you were a big <laughs> werewolf in London fan. <laughs> I think specifically the werewolf transformations have had a, a literally a big impact on your life. <laughs> I try to imitate them every Halloween, <laughs> especially with their outfits in the in the corn mazes. <laughs> yep. 
don't have to go much further. It's American Werewolf in London, right? Yeah. Ooh, the five seed going over the number four. A little bit of an upset. <laughs> Our next one, number three seed, Tremors. Tremors versus number six seed, Lake Placid. Oh, no. Tremors. <laughs> 1990, natives of a small isolated town defend themselves against strange underground creatures which are killing them one by one. Versus Lake Placid from 1999, three people attempt to stop a gigantic crocodile who is terrorizing residents in Black Lake, Maine. I don't know. Anybody listening, uh, cover your ears if, if you're a fan of Lake Placid because... I must say. You're going to do Lake Placid dirty? Bill Pullman? Oliver Platt? First of all, Lake Placid is absolute garbage, okay? I've hated the movie ever since it came out. The only gator movie that is amazing is Alligator, and you guys need to go watch that now. It's also available to free to watch online. And nothing's going to beat Tremors in this situation. Nothing. No, Nobody's going to win one over... My boy, Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yep. Kevin Bacon, Fred Ward, Michael Gross, Reba McIntyre. I mean, <laughs> I forgot she was in it. Mm-hmm. I just remembered. Tremors, a, a classic, classic movie. So you're, you're doing Tremors over Lake Placid, right? Yep. Our final entry in round one of the tournament, Angel. Number two seed, The Blob. The Blob. Versus number seven seed, The Stuff. The Stuff. Oh my so we God. have the blob from 1988. A deadly entity from space crashes near a small town and begins consuming everyone in its path. Panic ensues as shady government scientists try to contain the horrific creature versus the stuff from 1985. A delicious, mysterious goo that oozes from the earth is marketed as the newest dessert sensation, but the tasty treat rots more than teeth when zombie-like snackers who only want to consume more of the strange substance at any cost begin infesting the world. The blob versus the stuff. Go. This pains me so much. The blob is... You gotta give it up to Shawnee Smith for being incredible in that film. And then going on to do the uh, the Saw films. I say going on as if that was the next movie she made, but <laughs> clearly not. <laughs> From late 80s to like, uh, what, early 2000s? Like 2002 maybe? Oh, man. But I've seen The Blob, but I have more, more memories of the stuff. And the stuff has got everything you'd ever need. Because The Blob, not only is it a remake, it's takes itself seriously whereas Mm -hmm. the stuff is outrageous and you can't beat mo (laughs) you can't beat mumble mo (laughs) i'm I'm looking at the cast it says his name is david (laughs) but i specifically know him he has this whole diatribe about his name is mo Mm mm-hmm and then you got Chocolate Charlie. Chocolate Charlie. He owns like a, a cookie company. <laughs> There's like a, a, dic- a dictator or something that has yep, his own the, army. The colonel. The, the colonel is just like out there in a castle. <laughs> and like Mo 
just happens to know the the colonel from like previous missions that he's been on. Yep. Mo talks with like the most insane southern draw. <laughs> Mo. Tell my it's my friends why they call me Mo. It's yeah, it's it's the movie The Must Watch. Oh my gosh. So the number 7 the stuff going over number 2 the blob. That's right. I think the biggest upset <laughs> Of uh, this entire bracket so far. Uh, well, except for maybe House on Haunted Hill, 1959 over Alien. That's, I think, a controversial statement. Quite but, controversial. I mean, you like you like it. You like it. <laughs> so we'll continue on next week to see what continues on. And I think we'll have enough to just power right through to get to the finals. So that right before Halloween, you can choose Angel's King of the Monster movies. To watch, sit down, cuddle with somebody. Pillow. <laughs> That you can purchase of a <laughs> famous composer, full size body pillow. I think you're still making those. I think I, um, I got slapped with a lawsuit. <laughs> Too many. Oh like... yeah, you're pr- you're putting like STDs on them. <laughs> yeah, so. they, they didn't like that part. <laughs> Silly government taking you down for something so benign as that. So with. The first round now complete. We will find out again next week who will take the crown of King of the Monster Movies. But now let us jump right into it, Angel. One could argue this week's entity could easily fit with any of these monsters. This episode, we return to Ohio to investigate the Loveland Frogman. So tell me, Angel, before we begin our investigation into this creature, what did you expect we would find? Like, what did you expect this thing to look like when we first put onto paper we're going to do Loveland Frogman? Honestly, I thought it was just going to be like a giant frog. Just like like a normal frog, but gigantic. Yeah, yeah. It would just do frog stuff. No, I expected a lot of like sticking its tongue out at people and grabbing them and eating them. Like that's what really what I thought was going to be happening. Yeah. It would just be like a giant bullfrog, like 800 pounds. Yep. Comes out of the swamp, and then (laughs) sucks you in, never to be seen again. In what is known as possibly the original sighting of this entity from 1955, a witness reported seeing multiple bipedal creatures with the head and faces of a frog. So completely different than what both of us were expecting to see here. They were all around three to four feet tall with leathery skin, hairless, and had webbed hands and feet along with deep wrinkles on their heads in this sighting one of the creatures held a metallic looking device that resembled a wand and held it the wand over its head as it emitted a series of flashing lights so what do you make of that description angel i it has has a wand (laughs) yeah it's that's the last thing i would have even imagined Somebody telling me about a frogman. Like, it's got a wand. <laughs> Excuse me, what? So then, like, what do you think the purpose of the wand is? I don't know. Maybe he's a wizard frog. Was he polymorphed? And he's trying to, like, <laughs> unpolymorph himself? Is it Merlin? <laughs> oh, is it? How do, you, uh, how do you think in a situation of what this man saw... How does a frog become a bipedal creature four feet tall? Well, if you've ever seen the, the, the movie The Fly, which I am hoping would be on that list. 
It didn't make the cut. Maybe oh. next year. Well, the fly, the remake with Jeff Goldblum, where he is developing a. There's also one with Vincent Price as one of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> He's developing some sort of teleportation device, and he gets in there, and there happens to be a fly, in there. So when he comes out the other end, his DNA has merged with that of the fly, mm-hmm. and body horror ensues. That's exactly what a frogman is. <laughs> A man and a frog's DNA just yep. mashed together. Mashed together. And give him a wand, and here we are. <laughs> yep. It's sort of like, I think within the context of the 1950s, I'm going to go on a limb here, Angel. And this seems to me almost as it's really recounting like an alien encounter story with the wand possibly being some sort of like scanning device that it could be using. And do I actually believe that this was such an event? No, but... It was my first impression just based on trying to explain what this wand thing it could be. And the Roswell incident occurred in like 1947, I think. So not too far after that, it would have been, I think, pretty high alien hysteria going on of uh, like trying to, this guy sees this thing in the night, make it bipedal creatures. They sort of sound alien-like in their description, don't they? Yeah, now that you mention it, I didn't even go the alien route all these aliens if it's not dinosaurs angel we have learned it is aliens in our ever expanding journey to capture a cryptid we must prepare for this specific target our objective this time is to bring down the loveland frogman alive to then kill him and perform an autopsy of course so i ask you angel what are the best three ways to capture a four foot tall bipedal frogman going with the alien route Number one is you lure the frogman with M&M's. Oh, we're going to eat to him? <laughs> no, that was Reese's Pieces. Why do they think the frogman likes M&M's? I don't know. Reese's Pieces, it doesn't matter. He's going to like these. The Reese's could Pieces be too expensive? <laughs> Skittles? <laughs> How's he going to chew them? Does, does he have teeth? How's he going to chew Reese's Pieces? <laughs> that was going to mount in your mouth easier than Skittles. <laughs> well, And the M&M's won't mount in his hand. <laughs> they won't. Number two, you lure him with an even larger bullfrog man. Like, to fight him? Yeah. <laughs> I think the bullfrog man's going to, like, eat him. <laughs> well, you could, you know, ca- uh, get the bullfrog man, kill that, and then take the frog man out of its stomach contents, and then you could just... Oh, yeah, and then kill it, and uh, do autopsy in both. <laughs> The third thing is you could bring along a single attractive woman and it will reveal itself. The woman or the uh, frogman? <laughs> the frogman. <laughs> Gonna uh, Walper tinger it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, it sounds like a very 1950s uh, horror movie creature. So an attractive female would easily bring it out of the woods and it would be put it over uh, a giant net over it, very Looney Tune style, and then, like, cattle prod it to death. <laughs> yep. <laughs> now, in the event we somehow angered the frogman, it probably won't happen, but maybe, possibility that we anger it as we tried to capture it, resulting in us having to fend for our lives, what would be your go-to weapon of choice for protection against it? Would it be, like, ballistics or some sort of melee weapon for protection? Something more? 
Well, I was going to say a full rub- rubber suit. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, frogs have something against rubber? <laughs> well, I think I'm jumping, weakness? I, I'm jumping ahead of ourselves here, but, you know, rubber, a full, a complete pure rubber is not uh, it's a, a weak conductor of electricity. I think of the um, movie with Leslie Nielsen. I think it was maybe Naked Gun 33 and one third where um, they like get into giant condoms <laughs> before they make love. Yep. I picture your suit like that. <laughs> Not saying no. So as as an aside, we talked several episodes ago about how a certain percentage of Americans believed that they could defeat a grizzly bear in hand to hand combat. Do you think you could take on a four foot tall frogman in hand-to-hand mortal combat yes it's actually quite simple see a frog is not as strong as a human but what if he has like some sort of inherent super strength and super agility what if he's really fast and gets behind you and starts like hitting you (laughs) hitting me with what his flappy arms hands (laughs) he's got strong frogman hands I don't know. I've never met a strong, a strong frogman before, so I think I'm pretty good. So you think you could take him? I could take him. Mm. What if he stuck like, his tongue flipped out at you, like, and got in your eyes, and you had like <clears throat> frog, frog juices, uh, juices in your oh, eyes? Man, that's tough. What What would you do after that? I'd have to run away. It's like it's like how uh, Mike Tyson says everybody has a plan until you get punched in the <laughs> nose. <laughs> Everyone has a plan until the frogman um, (laughs) sticks his tongue in your eyes. Yeah, once once the tongue gets in my eyes, I'm probably gonna have to rethink Mm -hmm. my situation. (laughs) You know what, frogman, you can have this territory. (laughs) I'm out. So another question: Would killing a frogman be murder, or is it okay to kill creatures like this? I would never advocate the killing of the frogman or anything of this uh, level. It makes me think. Of the movie Con Air, where Nick Cage's character was sent to prison because he was in a parking lot fight and accidentally killed a man. So since Nick Cage's character was trained by the military, the judge was like, considered him to, his hands to be lethal weapons. So I don't know where I stand on something like this. So if it, if you had to kill it, would it be considered murder? Because is there a certain point where a specific level of sentience would consider it murder, do you think? Well... The reason I wouldn't advocate the killing of this creature, and this is not a fact that you can find anywhere, because as you may know, I am a prominent cryptozoology researcher, assistant, and um, <laughs> and um, let me tell you what happens when a frogman is killed. Almost immediately, his body produces a gas that, if inhaled, induces a kind of soporific effect, not unlike the man-eating tree. However, this is actually useful because it keeps you in a slight daze. The next part is crucial. The frogman's skin begins to dissolve as fast as the gas was emitted and leaves behind its innards. And this is the strange part. The innards are not natural. Whether it's from the gas or something else, it, uh, you may hallucinate them starting to come towards you. And <laughs> what? 
Yeah. And they appear to move on their own and they begin speaking to you. Now, I don't know what it is that they say to you because it's something like a telepathic communication. Some sort of agreement is being made in your dazed state. And then one of the pointier organs rams into you, causing you to bleed out. And the organs rush to get bled on. It turns out this is some kind of blood contract that you've accepted into and now you've agreed to become the next frogman. <laughs> There's a frogman clause? <laughs> so you, yeah, do not kill one. You become the frogman and your 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 innards come out your <laughs> And then they go blood in, contract. the innards then go into you and then you become the frogman. <sighs> oh. Oh, that's a whole nother level of scariness. See, so don't so don't kill the frogman. That was like a H.P. Lovecraft version <laughs> of the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> like begins talking to you in an unknown language, and it causes you to go mad because just the concept of the language <laughs> is so frightening. Uh, let alone the organs entering your own body. <laughs> Uh, well, I had other questions, but I don't think I want to ask them anymore. <laughs> we have, we've had enough moral conundrums answered, so let's see what the Frogman brings to the table. Are you ready? Would you take yes for an answer? Yeah. Deja vu. We once again consult Cotton Eye Joe's Razor, the axiom which states, for the Loveland Frogman to have come from somewhere, the Loveland Frogman must therefore go somewhere. So where did he come from? The book Haunted Hills and Hollows by Rosemary Geely and Kevin Paul states that while there are reports of frog-like men all over the U.S., the most famous is the Loveland Frogman of Loveland, Ohio, just outside of Cincinnati to the northeast. In March of 1955, a witness reported seeing three frog-like men along a road just outside of Loveland. An unidentified businessman saw three unusual creatures on a May evening uh, standing along a road not far from the Little Miami River. So I ask you, Angel, the book states an unidentified businessman. In your opinion, these we see these a lot in our research, th- these stories that do not name a specific person. Do you consider them trustworthy? You know, at the time, I, I typically do, but now, now that you bring it up, it's like you have to go back and think, wait a minute, why did I trust that story? And you have to mm-hmm. look into the details as to what, what kind of trickery, uh, word trickery they used. As a follow-up, does the inclusion of his occupation somehow make it more believable to you? So the implication is he's a businessman, a person who would never lie, of course. So what do you think of that? Well, to me, a businessman is not really an occupation. I, it's just... <laughs> I mean, what does a businessman look like? It's just a guy in a suit. <laughs> I'm coming to town. I'm doing business stuff. <laughs> he's got a tie on. He's mm-hmm. he's a businessman. Where's your nearest hotel? I'm here for business. <laughs> you don't think it makes him more trustworthy by them noting he's a businessman? <laughs> just in town doing I mean, business stuff. I, I feel like I feel like maybe back in the day it would have been more trustworthy, but I think we've gotten to a point where everyone's profession has a very detailed title to it 
<laughs> so you can't just get away with saying businessman anymore. You need to. Yeah. He, oh. I just he had a, a, probably a top hat, a briefcase, although uh, although, I, although I think entrepreneur is the, is the new businessman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an, uh, a startup entrepreneur. <laughs> a startup entrepreneur <laughs> saw this thing <laughs> on the side of the road. I'd be like, wow, that guy probably has some cool app he's developing. I trust him. Yeah. And that app in no way is going to compromise my own security and uh, personal identity. Mm-hmm. So if, say, he was a chef or a plumber, would you be more inclined to not trust him? I, I don't see why. I mean, why would be a chef? He's a chef. Oh, I don't know about that. I don't know if I believe this guy be like it was a chef he was probably drunk off of his 13 hour shift he just got off and the plumber he's probably drunk because of all the plumbing he's been doing <laughs> you know? i mean have you ever had a non-drunk plumber fixing your pipes <laughs> the next question would be what, what profession is the most untrustworthy because there are implications here that the only reason to trust this man was because of his occupation right um i would say grifter con artist i guess that'd be pretty you can't trust him a professional what if grifter he pre- here what if he presents himself as a businessman that's that's the one you gotta keep an eye out for it's like wait a minute are you a self-aware yep or a grifter the haunted hills and hollows continues on that the businessman stopped his car and observed the businessman. He stopped his car and observed the. Th- I'm always, I'm thinking he's probably like a rented car too. <laughs> the, he stopped his car and observed the three creatures for three to five minutes. This is where he was able to get such a detailed account of them, such as the webbed hands and feet, along with the deep wrinkles in their heads, and last but not least, that metallic-looking wand. The flashing of the wand made him so fearful that he was nope and fled the area. So if not three frogmen with a wand, what do you think this businessman saw that night, Angel? This businessman probably saw some big-ass frogs and maybe some fireflies along them. He was a big firefly, too. (laughs) Well, just enough to... I remember one time I was asleep at my cousin's house and the power had gone out. So we didn't know if the lights were on or off. But I'm, pr- I'm okay. I was almost positive the lights were on, and when the power came back on, sometime in the middle of the night, I was dead asleep. I woke up because the light was right in my face because I was in the top bunk of the bunk bed, mm-hmm. and I saw the biggest roach <laughs> on the ceiling. I freaked out and I hid <laughs> under the blankets and I tried to go back to sleep. I don't know. At one point, somebody came and realized the lights were on and turned them off. The next day. We found that roach dead somewhere. That roach was not <laughs> big, as big as I mm. thought it was. Mm-hmm. I think this is what happened to that man. He saw something and he made it bigger than it really was. So it was just him, you know, confused, scared. Yep. <laughs> he saw something, didn't quite know what it was, and his mind started to roll on and on with ideas of what it could be. Yep. Being three, four foot tall frogmen with a wand. Yes, as absurd as that sounds. (laughs) It's the first thing that comes to mind. What's that over there? I'm watching for three to five minutes. That's that's three frogmen with a wand. Gotta be three frogmen. (laughs) What else could it be? I've spent five minutes looking at this thing. 
<laughs> so does this report of the fragment not depict them as something like they are the most unperceptive creatures ever? So the man arrives in a car, watches them for five minutes, and then leaves. Not once did it mention that the frogs noticed him. Well, I find that the frogs around my area don't notice me most of the time until I, I'm like right behind them. But are they four feet tall? <laughs> no, but I assume they're going to take on some of the properties of frogs as well. So you're thinking of them more as just frog, large frogs, not as like maybe a sentient being, being well, or not sentient, but like self-aware and has some sort of higher level of intelligence. Yeah, I, I keep thinking of them as that, but the wand keeps throwing me off. What are they doing with the wand? <laughs> What would you do in that situation? You you find you see what you believe are three frogmen with a wand. Do you just leave like the businessman or do you investigate? Honestly, I'd probably try to get a closer look. I if, I think I would too. If, if I thought there were three frogmen with a wand, yeah. I'm first asking, Am I alive? Did I crash my car? <laughs> and then I pinch myself and I feel it and I then walk towards the frogmen. If I've been watching them for five minutes and I've determined that these things look like frogs, just really big ones, then I can at least know, okay, I can approach them and mm-hmm. know they can run away from me. Uh, he, he was he was close enough to tell they had wrinkled heads mm-hmm. and webbed hands and feet. Yeah. So if I had determined something else like these look like people, I probably wouldn't have. But come mm-hmm. on, ma- businessman. You could have gone yeah. up to them. <laughs> Three three people at night playing with a wand? Uh, much scarier than <laughs> three frogmen playing with a wand, in my opinion. <laughs> Our next major encounter, according to Lauren Coleman in the book Mothman and Other Curious Encounters, occurred in March of 1972. On two separate occasions, two different Ohio policemen saw what has been dubbed the Loveland Frogmen. This means, Angel, we did not have a significant sighting in almost 20 years. Why do you think that is? Well, I'm thinking these frogmen are like the cicadas. They stay underwater for like 18 years. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> and it's going to be like a... Um, larval state. Weren't there... I think we even talked about on the show, weren't there like trillions that came out of the ground? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Aren't the... Are the frogmen biding their time? Maybe. To play with their wands. The first sighting occurred at 1 a.m. on March 3rd, 1972, on what was reportedly a clear, cold night. The Mothman and Other Curious Encounters book states, Officer Ray Shockey was en route to Loveland via Riverside Road when he thought he saw a dog beside the road in a field on Choitwee Road. But then the thing stood up, its eyes illuminated by the car's lights, looked at him for an instant, turned and leapt over a guardrail. Shockey saw it go down an embankment into the Little Miami River, a mere 15 or so miles from the Ohio River. He described the thing as weighing about 60 pounds, measuring about 3 to 4 feet tall, and having a textured, leathery skin and a face like a frog or lizard. Shockey drove to the police station and returned with Officer Mark Matthews to look for evidence of the creature. They turned up scrape marks leading down the side of a sm- of the small hill near the river. So, okay, Angel, we have this encounter. What do you think is going on here? Now that you mentioned he's an officer, maybe I do think the profession leads me to believe whether they're more <laughs> trustworthy or not. For example, mm-hmm. 
you're telling me he's an officer. And I'm thinking, this guy's definitely not trustworthy. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Joking aside, typically you don't expect an officer to make up something like this. To report seeing a frogman, right? Yeah. That's usually something that would probably be like, you know what? I'm going to keep this to myself and never speak of it again. (laughs) (laughs) Because the boys back at the station are going to ridicule me if I tell anyone about this. I mean, that's pretty much how any horror movie goes, right? (laughs) You can't say things about these things. And if you do, they just laugh it, laugh it off. Yep. And then eventually they start dying one by one. Mm-hmm. And then 40 minutes later, they start agreeing with you that, my God, what you saw was real. <laughs> it happens every time. So how about these scrape marks? What do you make of that? Of what, you know, they found these scrape marks on the guardrail, seemingly attributed it to the creature. It could be anything. I mean, what, what's what's getting scraped here? Yeah. So it's a, presumably a metal guardrail. The metal guard. Okay. Maybe there's... Maybe the wand is sharp. I don't know. <laughs> or I think it could imply some sort of claws on its hands or feet. Is that a possibility? One thing I've noticed about blank man type creatures is that no matter what animal we assign, there's always a humanoid aspect to it. Nobody ever really talks about the, the, the creature's manicure job. Like why? Mm-hmm. Why would their nails be well They're maintained? Like sharp. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well maintained. So why wouldn't they have long nails? And you know, if you've ever seen the the world records with the the longest nails. Oh man, mm-hmm. when they start curling. Yeah, they start looking very <laughs> gnarly. So who knows how tough those things get? Maybe that's what they're. They got just mm-hmm. human nails growing out of their fingers, and they're just scraping things tougher mm-hmm. than metal. If I was out in the woods. And I saw something walking out that had those large curling fingernails. <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? It's time to leave. <laughs> I don't need to be involved in this. <laughs> Is there anything else that you think could have left the marks? If it was indeed the frogman, say if it wasn't large nails or like, I can't, I, I truly cannot think of what they could be holding that uh, or have on their body that could be leaving some sort of mark if it was not. And Presumably some sort of offensive claw. If it was claws, then it, we couldn't be calling it a frogman anymore. Because now mm-hmm. we're, it's got some other uh, things that frogs don't typically have. Maybe he's got teeth. <laughs> You're just biting the guardrail. <laughs> 14 days later, Officer Matthews, the one who assisted Shockey in finding the scrapes on the guardrail, was driving outside Loveland. The night of St. Patrick's Day, he sees an animal lying in the middle of the road, which causes him to stop and attempt to remove it from the road, thinking it had been struck by a car. When he got out of the vehicle, the animal got up into a crouched position, hobbled to the guardrail, and lifted its leg over the fence, keeping an eye on Matthews the whole time. So what do you think it was doing in the road, Angel? Was it hit by a car and nobody reported hitting a four-foot humanoid? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's the only reason I can think of why something's just laying in the road. Especially, like, if it's hobbling away, it's injured. The hobbling kind of gives it away. Mm -hmm. What would you do in that situation? You find this thing in the road, and as you get out, it raises off the ground and hobbles away. (laughs) Do Do you, like, say... Come back. Come back. I'll help you. Or do you say, okay, it chose to leave. I'll I'll leave as well. 
that's that would have been my response yes um actually if i saw this thing on the ground i probably wouldn't have gotten out of the car <laughs> you like honk your horn to make it like, move hey what is that <laughs> just drive around it slowly and speed away yep like not my problem <laughs> thing in the road <laughs> officer matthews does what we have seen time and time again angel he unleashes a barrage of bullets and decides to shoot it there are two schools of thought here Either Matthews missed shooting a hobbled, slowly moving four-foot frogman, or it was impervious to bullets. What do you think? I'm inclined to lean towards imperviousness to bullets. I'm starting to think, like, what? I've, I've really, like, really thought about the impervious to bullets thing. How is something impervious to bullets? Like, its skin has to be not skin. Yeah, that means it, it wouldn't. Uh, it would essentially be strong against like like knife attacks and things mm-hmm. like that. What is impervious to bullets in the real world? Not much. I know, like heavy metals. <laughs> they say they say that there's a I guess certain weaves a star a, a specific star uh, star. What am I saying? A spider's. Mm. I forget which spider, but some of its silk. Um, it's considered the strongest material. It's like stronger than steel. Yeah. And they're, I don't know if they ever made anything from it, but the idea is that it would be stronger than Kevlar even. Other than that, I don't think even, even if something, even Kevlar, like it just stops a bullet because it's, it's Mm -hmm. not breaking apart, but it's still getting, uh, deformed from the, from the blast, mm-hmm. yeah, so still so, it. so an imperviousness to bullets would impl- include uh, avoiding deformity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it takes no damage; like it resists <laughs> not at all. Like it, uh, it's and it's an organic creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how would it move if it's that strong? It would. It would have to be. It would have to weigh so much. I would think. Maybe it just it can change its density. God, there's so many like <laughs> things that open up when you become impervious to bullets. We need Superman in here. I know. Just start shooting until <laughs> we find one. The book where I got this info mentions in passing that a local farmer told investigators he saw a similar creature around the same time, which apparently would put us now at three total encounters in a single month. However, the Haunted Hills and Hollows book adds in additional elements to what the farmer saw. Apparently, the farmer indicated that he saw a group of four frogmen that had wide mouths and teeth. None of the frogmen in any encounter seemed to be aggressive at all. In fact, one of them hobbled away. (laughs) So, even when it was being shot at, it did not act aggressively. What do you make of that? I'm going to go with it because if it has teeth, then it made those scrape marks. Mm-hmm. He was in he was in pain and had to bite down to bear the pain. I, I'm starting to think that this has uh, become it's reached the point where now anybody sees anything and they're just gonna say it's a frogman. We, and we've seen that happen in other cryptids in the past. Yeah. Yeah, look at that! It's the Van Meter visitor. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be. After this, where the heck did these frogmen go? So this one has a very interesting turn that we do not usually see on this show i don't even know if we have seen this before in 1999 during interviews with mark matthews he explained that he was tired of talking about the frogman he says what he actually saw 
was an iguana. He had shot and killed an animal three to three and a half feet in size, scooped it off the road, and put it in his trunk. Matthews then showed it to Shockey, who then confirmed that it was the same creature that he had seen weeks earlier. It was supposedly a large, tailless, sickly iguana that had either been released by its owner or escaped. Matthews thinks it survived the cold Ohio winters by living along around warm water discharge pipes of a nearby factory. I think specifically it was a shoe factory. So what do you make of this change in the story from the officer's angel, especially since when it was when it originally occurred in the 70s, they actually agreed upon a composite sketch from a frogman-like entity that they saw. Well, I mean, when you have a sudden, uh, sudden turn like that, it it means one of two things: the guy's telling the truth and and saying, "Look, I'm I'm tired of lying. This has all been a hoax or whatever," or somebody's making them shut up. Someone got to him. Mm-hmm. Do you think if you saw an iguana without a tail, you would think that's not an iguana? This. <laughs> This is uh, also reminiscent of all the other times when I'm starting to think that people that live in these areas just don't know what animals look like. <laughs> like, they encounter an owl and they're like, what is that, a mothman? <laughs> is that a snallygaster? <laughs> they encounter a, a crane and they're like, what's this? <laughs> Some alien creature has landed here. So I'm thinking they've never seen an iguana before and then one that's got no tail. And they're like, oh, my God, this looks like a frog. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> uh, an iguana looks nothing like a frog. And it's not four <laughs> feet long or however. Mm-hmm. This, uh, this was just a wildly large iguana. And I guess maybe it being so sickly made it look more frog-like, I guess. I don't know. I, I think he even credited as saying as it was uh, like near death <laughs> was his description of it. It was half dead. I think he he said something like, uh, I guess it wasn't shown in the article I read, but I guess it was implied that they asked him why did he shoot it, and he was like, well, mm-hmm. it was half dead anyway, so I shot him. <laughs> I put it out. It's goddamn misery. <laughs> was missing the tail. I just figured it wanted to die. <laughs> so, uh, Ma- Matthews also revealed that the person who originally interviewed him omitted the part where he said it wasn't iguana, as he knew that from the very beginning, he claims. So I have to ask you, Angel, put yourself in Matthews' shoes, in his police shoes. Do you wait over 25 years to clarify a story that you have been absolutely ridiculed for and asked about hundreds of times. Like, explain that process to me. I guess if I dev- got some fame from it, and maybe I decided the fame outweighs the ridicule. But mm-hmm. as time goes on, I guess more and more people are not as gullible. It starts becoming more ridicule, and then you're like, ah, oh, you don't have enough people mm-hmm. believing you in you. So it's like, I think it's time to call it quits. Uh, it becomes more of a hassle to even talk about it anymore yeah but then is is 25 years or so like is that too long (laughs) like why didn't he i don't know like it just seems so long to try to like clarify this statement and not do it much sooner if you just didn't want to be known as the officers that saw a frogman and shot it or shot at it didn't even kill it let me quote from the man who interviewed him i have the book that i believe is what 
uh, Matthews is referring to, written by James Renner, called It Came from Ohio. And there Ooh. is a chapter on the Frogman. There's this uh, line here that I found interesting, talking about how he recanted the, the whole thing. This is uh, him quoting Matthews. It was and is no monster, he claimed. It was not three to five feet tall. It did not stand erect. The animal I saw was obviously some type of lizard that someone had as a pet that either got too large for its aquarium, escaped by accident, or they simply got tired of it. It was less than three feet in length, ran across the road, and was probably blinded by my headlights. It presented no aggressive action. End quote. And then James Renner proceeds with, but if that's all it was, why did he shoot at it? He's shooting a non-aggressive thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't buy the whole, well, it was half dead anyway. Like, come on. Why would you just kill it if it was like, who does that? Yeah, it was it was like a cold March night. Why even get out of your car? <laughs> like at that point if you just see it's you just think it's a lizard running across the road. Like that's a weird thing to see in Ohio, I'm sure, but I don't know if I'm in that situation. I don't think I'd get out of my vehicle and shoot at it. <laughs> and um uh, what's interesting, maybe I'm fanning the flames here, but I think Matthews needs to answer to this because there's a lot of evidence against what he's saying i'm on the side of uh, mr renner here because he goes on to say that he visited ray shockey jr mm-hmm. in his home uh he he's he was interviewed and he says i made up my mind a long time ago never to talk about it again it gave me so much grief mm. what's interesting is that it says that he tried to convince the town council to market the monster, you know, kind of like how they... Like we've seen time and time again. <laughs> and apparently, the, the town elders did not see the value of this. And they said, nah. Oh, idiots. <laughs> they missed an opportunity. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the same thing. And then he goes, he says, uh, so James Renner is writing, as I turn back to the car, he stops me, he being uh, Ray Shockey. And he says, I will tell you this much. It wasn't a frog wasn't an iguana either and, he, and then mm. he says well what was it and then he responds with it was bigger if he's to be believed a damning statement against matthews yep matthews claims that he got killed an iguana and that he got interviewed by this from renner presumably and that renner left out the iguana bits mm-hmm. but then he also he also made the claim that ray he showed ray the iguana and Ray had said, yes, this is the thing I saw that night. So who are we to believe here? Mm-hmm. Or It's a bunch of mm-hmm. uh, he said, he said. Yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> One of them, presumably, is correct. It's <laughs> like, wh- which one is it? <laughs> Another interesting bit that I highlighted was that when he went to visit Ray Shockey, his mother answered the door and, and he's asking about... If you can see Ray Shockey Jr. And she says, oh, you know, he doesn't like talking about that thing anymore. She says to him, he shot at it, you know. So Ray shot at yeah, it. Yeah. So I'm like, wait, who shot at it? Ray or Matthews? Because there's no mention of Ray shooting at it. Only his mother's saying that. It's never brought up again. That's really interesting. Because I, I mean, I doubt she would confuse her own son not being the one that shot at it. Yep. 
Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of unanswered questions that are uh, surrounding these individuals. Indeed. So if we are to believe, Matthews, though, that the 1970s frogman was just an iguana, so what the heck then would the ones from 1955 have been? Because they were not the same iguana (laughs) living out there in the wilds of Ohio. Uh, And then iguanas with a wand. So what, like... Knowing this information, if it was an iguana, what the heck were the old ones then? I was going to ask, are there any iguanas in Ohio? I'm not familiar with no. that. <laughs> with the wildlife. It's too cold. It's, it's way too cold for them I, to yeah, survive. That's what I figured. So how, I, even if it was an iguana, like what, how is it surviving? Mm-hmm. It's absurd. Like that, it, it had to have been just let loose. But then what happened to its tail? Yeah, that's... and how and how did how did he see it multiple times? Like, he was just out there driving a few weeks later, and happens to see an iguana again. Like, if that's what uh, Ray saw the first time, what's this iguana like doing these several weeks and not being killed by some sort of predator? If anything, this is highlighting the poor pet practices uh-huh. in in the states here. We should not be yeah. selling creatures <laughs> in areas that they cannot survive in. Mm-hmm. And just don't release it into a area it can't survive either. Mm-hmm. It becomes a a, a mythical figure <laughs> in the form of the frogman if that occurs. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. It confuses people. As recently as 2016, we had another appearance of the creature, supposedly. Someone named Sam Jacobs was playing Pokemon Go with his girlfriend and said, we saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game. This was an actual giant frog. I took a couple of pictures and a video because I'd never seen one that big. Then the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs. <laughs> Jacobs went on to say he realizes some people will think he's crazy. He's quoted, I swear on my grandmother's grave that this is the truth. I'm not sure whether it was a frogman or just a giant frog. Either way, I've never seen anything like it. In this instance, do you think he actually saw something, was just playing a joke or lying about it, or did he just see a giant frog that stood up? Whether he saw something or not, he, supposedly he took pictures. Mm-hmm. So there should be photographic evidence somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, if he did see something. I've, I've seen the supposed picture. It looks like it's very, very blurry. It's the quintessential cryptid picture. <laughs> and it just, it's uh, the eyes of the creature are very reflective. Oh, They're huge. God. It, you can't even, it's even hard to tell if it's standing in water, but it's a picture of something. If he saw it standing on its hind legs, then he's got himself a real Michigan J Frog there. Hello, my darling. <laughs> like, and it just sings its way off into the distance. Coming back into this. It came from Ohio book. You mentioned that the sightings were like from 1955. But apparently there might be a situation where the there's an older legend that is uh, originating from some Native Americans. Mm. <laughs> it says the exact dates are kind of sketchy, but sometime around 1696, a group of French missionaries befriended a tribe of Indians who lived along the wide muddy rivers in what is now southwestern ohio the twitwees warned the frenchmen about the river demon that lived in the little miami they called it the shauna hook the shauna hook was a human-like creature with no nose and wrinkled skin a twi- 
Tui hunting party had once spotted the Shanahook while returning to their village. One warrior shot an arrow at it, but the Shanahook only jumped back into the river and disappeared. They believed the Shanahook could never be killed. He was impervious to arrows? Impervious to arrows. Are you arrow- telling me he's impervious to arrows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it's uh, it's very reminiscent of the uh, Dingonic. It just goes back into the river, <laughs> goes on with its day, and says, you didn't get me today, brother. Yep. What's another interesting bit was that this author, James Renner, also wrote a novel, fiction novel, called The Man from Primrose Lane, in which the frogman is featured prominently. The thing is, I don't know if the stuff about the frogman in the book is fiction. I think I'm going to talk more about that. In the rubric of power. One thing that caught my attention when you said the the Twi-Twi aliens, Indians, had this history of this creature. The road that Ray Shockey sought uh, was in beside the road in a field on Twi-Tree Road. Hmm. Interesting. So many connections. So we're ready to jump into the rubric of power? Yes. So hit me with the powers. So I'll go back to what I was saying. Um, so in this book, um, James Renner's Man from Primrose Lane, I really can't tell you what the book is about, mainly because even telling you the genre will be a spoiler from what I've read, because I decided to spoil some of it myself. But there's a, se- uh, um, a few sections that I mentioned the Frogman, and... Again, I said, I don't know if this stuff is fictional or not, but I I see it as adding to the to the list of what the frogman can do just because why I mean, what else would is there to do here? Mm-hmm. Um so so it kind of re- retells the story. It says that the there's these uh the Shawnee Indians uh, spoke of a monster that looked like a frog but walked like a man. It was covered in a slimy black ooze and was impervious to pain. (laughs) And they called it the Shawnahook or River Demon. Adding credibility to the story was the tale of the Loveland police chief who they said, they being some camp boys in the story, was murdered by the monster when he came upon it lying on the side of Twi Tree Road in 1986, electrocuted to death. By some laser weapon the frogman had in its hand. So, what? <laughs> so it's so he's essentially making this wand thing to be some sort of electro, uh, some sort of cattle prod thing now, or ray gun. And now we have attributed at least one death to the frogman, even if it was fictional in a fiction story. <laughs> so, I can't find anywhere else if this is this was something that was said before if it's only from that book but because mm-hmm. i also think the frogman thing is fictional <laughs> i don't see why we can't add it to it <laughs> sound reasoning to me <laughs> so i've have for the powers i have that it has some sort of taser weapon <laughs> and it has man uh, and that and it, and it's a got the ability to kill with that that weapon Mm -hmm. and also it's probably aquatic this thing Mm -hmm. um amphibious yeah amphibious i guess it's got it's got some sort of claws or not i don't know it's impervious to bullets arrows and impervious to pain 
And did I read that part too or no? Because I thought I said somewhere where it said it cannot die. <laughs> it's immortal. <laughs> they believe the Shauna Hook could never be killed. So it can't be killed. Mm-hmm. I guess that's yeah. not the same yeah. as it being cannot die. Implied. Yeah. yeah. Well. Previous to pain bullets, arrows. Arrows. Uh, cannot be killed. Has a kill on its list with a taser weapon. <laughs> is amphibious. I, f- I feel like that sounds like a lot, but I, for some reason, and I, I, I'm sticking with this score because th- I'm still not like incredibly, like it's not, I don't think it's overpowered because, mm-hmm. because these are the only instances we hear of this. Every other story is just that it's non-aggressive. It doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I give it a two in, in terms of power. Two. Mm-hmm. Just adequate. So can you imagine the... Frogman with his taser going mano a mano against the goat man with his executioner axe. Oh man, that's a <laughs> who comes out on top. Battle royale. That's a monster mash. <laughs> <laughs> so the way I looked at it, the powers of the frogman, it didn't do anything ever. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm intrigued by the 1950s version of that wand. Or whatever the hell it was, some sort of scanning device. I don't know what what is what is that all about? Was it like its finger? Was it ET fingers? And its finger was lighting up. I guess it can withstand being hit by a car if it was. That's the reason it was laying in the road. But I guess that's cool. <laughs> it wasn't impervious to pain because it was limping. <laughs> if if you attribute that to what what occurred in the road. <laughs> I don't know if it's impervious to bullets. I'm of the thought process that Matthews missed the slow-moving four-foot frogman and was just too, you know, embarrassed that he missed shooting at this thing. (laughs) Then he said, you know, the balls bounced off. It never happened. (laughs) It was an iguana. (laughs) So I give it a a one in powers. A one. So how about detectability? So the sightings for this thing have been spotty at best. Yeah. Especially with talk of, you know, twenty five years later, mm. it was it was an iguana. You know what? I don't want to talk about this anymore. It's an iguana. Yeah, I guess this thing has this uh an interesting ability of making people tired of talking about it. <laughs> Is that a power? <laughs> you know, we, we should just end this episode now. I'm, I'm done. Yeah, with this I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> the few sightings that we get, it's just I guess from what I can tell. The sightings only pop up when people learn about the frogman. <laughs> it's like the uh, the Degonic. You know, 30 minutes later, they see it again. <laughs> yes. I think mostly the sightings are coming from people in Loveland because they're trying to do what Ray Shockey tried to do. It's like, we should market this thing, you know, mm-hmm. make it our a Loveland thing. Just like the Hodag is, is very... Yeah, for Rhinelander. Mm-hmm. And I think these people are trying to bring that back up and be like, hey, you know, let's make this a thing, the Frogman. So I think the sightings are only coming up because of that. Even still, the the, the definitive sightings that we have of this thing, it's not like it's got a wrinkly face and, and wrinkly, wrinkly, wrinkly head, head and, no, and then like a flat face or something. And like that, that makes it look like a frog. Like, why do you call it a Frogman? I don't know. And then... Angel, what if it was a melon head that had, like, a l- less developed melon oh head? Oh, my God. 
It was still developing. And they just found like a, yeah, they were just playing like a flashlight. <laughs> See, exactly. The, we don't even know if this thing was really frog-like or not. <laughs> the fact that nobody's ever caught this thing. And, you know, Matthew's claiming that yeah, it was an iguana. He did catch it. He, he caught it. He shot it. He caught it. And it was an iguana. Which means it wasn't a frogman. Mm-hmm. So it's never been captured. I yeah. So uh, so original nineteen fifties frogman got Scott got out scot free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in this case, I gave it a two point five. I know pretty much it's just the officers that are involved with this. And then there's Pokemon Go guy that <laughs> claims to have seen it, and then you know even if it wasn't iguana, I'm still like stuck up on this. How, like how did he find it again? Can iguana's claws really put scratches in a guardrail (laughs) is that a thing they do it's just really odd to me but (laughs) if we're going back to the original boys with the wand like that was a once in a lifetime sight apparently because no one else reported anything similar to that Mm -hmm. as far as like what what the hell sort of occult frogman stuff was going on in the woods that (laughs) night so i landed on a a 2.25 for detectability how about the lore and mystique. There's not much on the lore. There's mm-hmm. no origin story of the frogman. There's no expansions on on this thing. No no reasoning for the wand. <laughs> the, the the one the, the the one time it shows up. The mystique though, I think is a little bit better. Mm-hmm. There's uh, I think, like I said, I think uh, all the the Loveland citizens. I think develop a, an interest when they learn about this thing and they want to make it more known. Um, I'm always a fan of when people want to elevate something of their of their town or their place of origin. I think Matthews is uh, covering up something. Mm-hmm. I don't think he, he... I think he's he's been... They've gotten to him. So they say. You're on Team Ray. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I, I, if I was one of those elders in the town con- council, I would have been like, "Yeah, let's market this thing. C- mm-hmm. Come on, we gotta compete with these other folks. They got their who gags and their ho dags, and and not to mention, so for the, I guess a little bit of lore is being added to it. I found the creepy pasta that is essentially stuff about the frogman, and it also attributes. Uh, some deaths. Ooh. So that's adding to the expanding the lore, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it's, I think it's gained, you know, it's gotten a little bit better over the years. Mm-hmm. This was written. I don't see a date. Oh, well, the fact is it's on a creepy pasta, which means it's recent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so post 2010, yeah. probably. So I gave it a 2.25. Wow. Wow. I'm in agreement here once again. There are just a few sightings, but the few sightings that there were, I am intrigued by. I mean, the the the, the trio with a wand. Then we got the you know Ray and Matthews seeing it, and then the later like denying of it by Matthews. <laughs> but then what you're saying, Ray and his mother being like, nope, what I saw it was bigger. <laughs> like this is big. This is big time. Like, that's really interesting, and uh, the story just kept growing and growing and growing, and to the point where Matthews doesn't want to talk about it anymore, 
why does he want to talk about it? What's going on? And that adds a lot of mystique to it, but overall, there wasn't that much going on. It was just a few sightings, so that uh, takes the score back down to a 2.75, so very, very close. The intelligence. This is tough. You know how I feel about man-like mm. creatures. Mm-hmm. However, as we've discussed, this thing didn't do anything. It didn't display any sense of trying to attack or warn or really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it pl- Communicate. It played with a wand, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's something. It had a tool. <laughs> and I guess if, if if the wand was like a flashlight, it was flashing it several times. So it mm-hmm. must have been having fun with that little light. And and it put so much fear in our, our unnamed businessman, <laughs> the flashing lights, he left. Yeah. <laughs> he was afraid and I'm out of here. Just going to continue on my path. <laughs> mm-hmm. Going to go down this dusty road and, you know, head on home. Yeah, so I... You know, even though it's called a frogman, I I am viewing it more as a creature, just an mm-hmm. animal, that's not as self-aware as one might think. Maybe so. I gave it for cunning intelligence a one point one five. Yeah, it's very much seems to be just a creature that creature that is bipedal, and the man part of it is just the standing upright mm-hmm. uh, aspect of it. So. But, 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 it's got the wand. <laughs> the one instance it had a wand, and I'm of the opinion it's using tools, so it has some sort of cognitive ability, even maybe if it didn't know what the wand was. So I'm settling on a two for cunning and intelligence. And then finally, pop culture. So I mentioned there's a novel. Some Loveland high schoolers made a half-hour film, short film on it, because they learned about the Frogman. I said, hey, we want to pay tribute. There's also couple mentions in other books if you don't include mm-hmm. stuff like uh the it came from ohio kind of books but i think loveland is trying to increase its its visibility mm-hmm. embrace yeah, it yeah embrace it and um i mean they just got to keep trying doing it you know get it'll it'll maybe it'll be as big as bigfoot uh, i gave it uh two what i found was that chronicle brewing makes a Loveland Frogman. Oh, and man. it is described as this fruity and floral dry hopped lager has a base Pilsner malt for a slight bitterness. On the untapped app, it has a average 3.64 score out of 5 out of 159 ratings. So pretty, pretty average rating beer for that mm. app. I found that there is a Frogman race and triathlon. And the last one was mere weeks ago on September 11th, 2021. The 2015 description that I found said, The Loveland Frogman will use paddles, pedals, and running shoes for the first Loveland Area Chamber of Commerce Frogman race Saturday, September 19th. The race will start at 9 a.m. with a 5-mile canoe or kayak course on the river, an 8-mile bicycle race on the Little Miami River Trail, and finish up with a 5K run on a path alongside the river and river trail. So maybe they can find the corpse of an iguana, (laughs) too. (laughs) There was a uh, music festival at a castle in Ohio. That's the Frogman Festival. Mm. And there is also a musical entitled Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. 
Yep. So with all of that, I landed on a 2.9. Wow. So what did you add up to? My total is 9.9. And myself, I was at a 10.9. Just (laughs) exceedingly close. One of, I think, our closest ones we've ever done. That gives us a combined score in the rubric of power for the Loveland Frogman, a 10.4. So, curiosities, it's time to stop all that riveting. Oh my god. Hop on down to Twitter town. Get on that Twitter log. <laughs> and uh, shoot us. Uh, shoot. <laughs> tweet. Tweet at us. At Cracking Curios. Make sure you include a hashtag Cracked Cryptids in all your tweeting. And... Um, Hey, why not include at James Renner? Tell him, uh, hey man, we're f- we're we're here for you. We we love the the Frogman. Forget that Matthews guy. Yeah, his his book had a, a lot of neat information that actually started. Uh, once you told me that, made me question a lot of things going on with it. Yeah, um, it came from Ohio by James Renner. It also has uh other chapters on other creatures. Does it have melon heads? It has the melon heads on them. Yes, it does. Ooh. Uh, let's see. I'll do a little quick. Interested to see what he has to say about melon heads. Well, maybe we should redo the melon heads episode. You know, now I'm trying to think. Did we mention them in that one too? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> that was like. That was that was I think during the first iteration of Earth. <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. So his book has lots of. Um, Mentions the wow signal. I don't know if how many of you know about that one, but that was something I, I learned about growing up. Um, the Mothman. Special Mothman. Um, melon heads, of course. At least I thought it said melon heads. I don't see it here, but I know I know it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> I know because it was mentioned somewhere else in the blurb, I think. Melon heads is there. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, tweet at James Renner. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Cracking Cryptids. Shoot us an email at Cracking Cryptids and Curios at gmail.com. Follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. You know the one. We're on it. <laughs> and as always, ribbit you later. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. Is it Merlin? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs>